afternoon, everybody. Welcome in. The national championship game will be played tonight. Everybody knows that, and everybody's waiting for tonight, and it is uh, great. You see them there on the screen, and we're going to talk with him momentarily. I do want to say in 19 minutes, uh, we will have Jim Scarcelli, the former Wolverine. He has uh, drawn up a lot with the Washington film, what to expect from the Huskies. We'll have that. And again, 19 minutes with the scar, but we have Dan Leach live from Houston in front of tonight's title game. And it's uh, great to see him. Uh, Dan, what's, what's going on in Houston? You've been there for a couple of days. Yeah, I haven't slept much, Dennis. I, I played at a poker room last night where they give you free food and drinks and great massages. And uh, the atmosphere here is amazing. The only thing that, that, that I'm sad about is that you're not here with me, but you look amazing. You got the great Michigan outfit on. And and I'll tell you this, it's it's these moments in you know a fan's life and in a person's life that loves a team or a program or you know has generational linkage to a, a, a you know situation like being a Michigan Wolverine football fan, like I do with my dad and grandpa having gone to Michigan, me singing the, the Wolverine fight song coming out of the womb, and just the smiles from everyone on the streets, the energy of the team hotel yesterday, checking out Fan Fest with all the Wolverine stuff there and the trophies. You know, running into people from all walks of life, all areas of the globe that are all descended upon this city of Houston, H-Town, Space City, to celebrate, obviously, an incredible year by Michigan, but they need just one more. And hopefully that happens tonight. And I just, I can't tell you how grateful I am to be able to be here being a lifelong Michigan fan and being able to, to do this as a broadcaster as well, doing a little coverage too. But today... It's all about me being a fan. I'm going to the game as a fan. I'll be wearing no shirt and a rapper's shade as a fan. And I'm just, uh, I know I'm very lucky to be here. And all the fans, like, aren't able to be here. People like you or whoever else. My dad could come. You guys are here in spirit and living through all of us. Yeah, if you didn't hear Dan there, he said no shirt and a rapper change. So we'll <laughs> we'll look forward to that. You know, I've seen some pictures. You know, you got social media going. And I, I saw some people. Like they're taking a flight down and it's all Michigan fans on the flight. I mean, you look at it, some great photos, you know, you, you mentioned going around the city. So you're, what is it? I mean, a lot of go blues, you know, you see that walking to a restaurant, everybody's go blue, that kind of stuff. Well, fifth, I'll tell you this. It started on the plane. As we landed, a guy in the third row had the cowbell and it was, did, 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 let's go blue like three different times. I do have a video on my, on my social media, Daily's GTM, but yeah, it's ever, I listen, I will say this. We know that Michigan's got the biggest alumni in the world, but Washington's got a nice fan base. It's like, it seems to be like five or six to one. We were watching the Lions game at a place called Kirby's Ice House yesterday that literally turned the entire outdoor and indoor, you know, kind of cool bar into a Lions bar. Everyone was wearing Michigan. Everyone had Lions shirts on. And there was two lonely Husky fans there. And then by the end, there was maybe 10. It's it's amazing blue city right now and it's not to say that washington won't be represented they will but you know when michigan is in big situations dennis the fans are out people are coming now i got a friend coming right now on a bus from austin obviously flights were insanely expensive so people are doing whatever they can fly to idaho then idaho to houston or idaho to montana to houston whatever they got to do but it is go blues everywhere high fives a lot of go lions yesterday too but there is so much maize and blue teaming throughout this city and i'll just say this again about the energy of the team hotel went to fan fest yesterday went to the team hotel 
players are coming down, signing autographs, taking selfies with little kids. You know, just everyone's got smiles on their faces, raising glasses, wearing old school Michigan gear. It's just one of those things where you feel the energy wherever you go, especially if you're a Wolverine fan. Longtime Detroit radio personality, Dan Leach. I saw a video of him running a 40 at that fan fest uh, yesterday. So he was uh, picking them up and, and laying them down. You mentioned Husky fans. I, I saw some uh, some folks on the message board, the Den of the Mason Blue Review, saying that they ran into some intoxicated uh, UW fans and they were jerks and everything else. And, you know, it, I would have thought heading down there, if somebody asked me what I thought of, you know, Washington fans, I'd say, you know, I, I think they're pretty nice. Now, I wouldn't say the same thing about Oregon necessarily, USC, UCLA, but Washington, I didn't have any issues if you – come across any fans uh, belligerent or nice uh, e- either ones really quick by the way you were there when i first started setting my, my 40 time world record i set a third straight world record of 6.14 yesterday by the way in that 40 dennis you're always gonna have as you know people that is i'm not saying it's just younger kids but a lot of times it is that you're gonna find people that run into idiots on both sides of any fan base you know whether it was you know washington here or texas here or michigan or alabama I will tell you, and I've seen a ton of Washington Husky fans. I, I haven't talked to a ton because there's been so many Michigan fans around where I've been at, and I'm here with obviously a ton of friends and, and, and Michigan fans. But I have not seen one Husky fan that has been anything but classy, nice. You know, I've wished them all luck. They've wished us luck. You know, a lot of families together, a lot of grandparents and, and sons and then grandkids from Washington, a lot of, you know, married couples, obviously students as well. But, you know, when you involve last night, we were out pretty late. When you when you involve alcohol, you're going to see people that are not acting the way that they should, and that's the way it is, you know, with anything. But as far as I've seen, fifth, every Washington fan I've interacted with, completely classy, no smack talking. If there was any, it was very polite and respectful. The way that I, I most Michigan fans I know, you know, do that kind of stuff. I like talking a little smack, but always with respect. It's never like personal or swearing at people or being inappropriate. And and I, from what I can tell, and I, I remember, you know, interacting with Washington fans throughout the last 30 years when they played Michigan in, in you know, different spots. I've never really seen a lot of Washington fans that have been anything but nice. So I think that's just kind of pockets of Michigan and Washington fans that are going to be a little too inebriated and maybe overserved that are going to cause some issues. Let me ask you a little bit about this team. I know that you purchased your ticket a long time ago, so you had an inkling that Michigan could be here, and here they are. That was a smart move. So you're, I don't know, like there seems like there's a lot of confidence, and I think for for good reasons for Michigan fans. How confident do you think Michigan fans should be about tonight's game? I think they should be really confident. And listen, I've never picked the Wolverines to go 12-0. I did this year. I did book my flight for $123 on October 17th. And I wasn't saying that I knew for sure Michigan was coming. I just felt very confident. And they they obviously proved me right. And it started with that Penn State game. And obviously we saw what happened against Ohio State. And, of course, uh, what they were able to finally end up doing, even with not their best performance against Alabama. They should feel confident for a few different reasons, Dennis. The main reason is – just if you take this team's the view of this team from you know up in the atmosphere, and you see all the things they've been through, more aside from the Big Ten title game and the playoff game, the same amount of games coached by Harbaugh on the sideline that were not coached by Harbaugh on the sideline. You know, you you see what obviously happened with the the Connor Stallion stuff. You see the genuine genuine love and care that these guys, whether it's J.J. McCarthy or Santa Stroll or Johnson, you know, Zinner goes down. They love each other. 
they care about each other. And I know you've done this and talked to many people as well. All the people like our good friend Angelique Chingalis, the beat writer for the Detroit News for the Wolverines, people that have covered this team for decades, say it's not about saying this is the closest team ever, but that rarely have they seen a team that really genuinely enjoys each other this much. It bodies their head coach in Jim Harbaugh or Jesse Miller, the D.C., or obviously Sharon Moore filled in for Harbaugh admirably and won that Penn State game, got all emotional. So they are, whoever they're playing, whatever the situation, they know they're never out of a game, and they feel like they're going to win every game. And that's one main reason. The other reason is you've got Blake Corum at a line, even without center, that should be able to run down Washington's throat. Paddock Jr., incredible quarterback. You look at the pressure of the Michigan front seven, got on Jalen Rowe in the Alabama game. If they even get half that much pressure, because we'll get his stuff, it's going to make it disruptive for him to do everything he wants to from a comfortability factor. And then, to me, once again, the defense. I think the Michigan defense will be the difference maker. And, yes, this might be a little higher scoring. I know the total for the Alabama game was the lowest in CF, a CFP game at 45.5. Now it's 55.5-56. There will be points scored in this game, but it reminds me of Ohio State, Dennis, a couple years ago that game in Columbus where Michigan, you know, I know Cora was hurt, but they ran it down. Edwards was all running it down their throat, and the Wolverines still did score a lot of points. So to me, I think this game could be played for the Wolverines to score in the 30s, and if you do that, that's what it takes to beat a team with Washington like Panic. So going into tonight, back to your initial question, I think Wolverine fans, not just because they're favored by four and a half, five and a half, they should feel very confident because this team has knocked off everything they've had to. They've gone all these different situations on and off the field, and coming into the night after last week, the, the trick plays being off here and there, the muff punt, the special teams, the missed extra point, to see that happen two weeks in a row would be very unlikely to me. If Michigan plays their game, they're going to win this national title tonight. The first outright, Dennis, since my dad, the great Doc Leach, was one, class 69. He was one years old in 1948. Michigan this close from uh, winning the national championship if they're able to get it done. Dan Leach is our guest for a few more minutes. Listening to Jim Harbaugh this year, he said it more than once. And when I heard him early on in the year, you know, you hear coaches say this thing. He talks about his team. And if some of the questions were, hey, he got a great team. Uh, you know, he, yeah, he likes his team, really likes. But he talked about the togetherness of the team and the family atmosphere of this team. Well, he really hammered it home so much. But each and every week, as he kept saying it, well, you know, the, he's got to credit the families. He's got to credit the team atmosphere here with the, with everything. And now that you get here, on the day of the national championship game, you know, those things, you know, you start thinking about, you know, you're, you're talking about championships of yesteryear. I want you to think of, uh, of 1997. When you, somebody asked you, how does this team compare to 1997? What do you say? I, first of all, it's a great question. And obviously I was there that, that whole ride in, in college back then at the Rose Bowl in 90, January 98. And that team was special. And what I think about this team is this team is special. And obviously, you had a guy like Charles Woodson on that team that was an incredible difference maker, not just in the special teams game, but of course, obviously, on defense, winning the Heisman. You had a quarterback in, in Variety Grease team that, you know, I don't want to, you know, give him any less credit than he deserves, but, you know, managed the game beautifully, made the plays when he had to. You had a, a ridiculous, synergetic overall defense as well. And I think there's a lot of shades of that team, Dennis on this team where you've got guys on defense like a Will Johnson or a Sandstro that could be that Woodson type guy. You've got guys on offense, a Colston Loveland that could be that difference maker where, you know, you find ways 
to be in these, you know, insurmountable, it seems like sometimes, situations. Not that Michigan should have beaten Ohio State in 97, but that was a very tough game. It was a nail-biter until, obviously, Woodson Layden. And I feel like there's a lot of echoes of what happened in 97, knocking off all the things that Michigan had to do to get to that national title. I know it was split, but I don't buy into the coaches' poll. You know, Tom Osborne, Timothy BS uh, vote. And then this year, you have all this stuff off the field. You know, you had mentioned, obviously, Harbaugh talks about the family, and I've, I've seen this firsthand, being around these players, whether it was obviously here or, you know, throughout the season in Ann Arbor, as you well know, uh, being on top of this team's coverage as well. And I just feel like it really is, you feel the energy in this town. You felt it all year in Ann Arbor. You felt it on the road. You felt it at parties. You know, the people hosted with the, the team was playing at Penn State or, you know, playing the road game at Maryland. You just feel like, Something, you know, compared to the Lions this year. Lions fans always have traveled well, like Michigan Wolverine fans. It just feels like there's something different this year with the Lions, obviously. First division title in 30 years. Uh, you know, obviously first ever home playoff game at Ford Field. And you feel that when you see the Lions fans take over stadiums. I felt that same thing with Wolverine fans this year. And all the different games, and obviously here in Houston, you just can tell. And obviously it's not one yet. They still have to just one more tonight. But it just, it, this team believes so much in what their mission was. J.J. McCarthy, Dennis, I'll point you back to him. Last year, after the TCU game, he specifically and purposely stayed on the field with the confetti falling. At one point, that, that just, you know, eerie shot of him by himself watching TCU celebrate. And basically, to paraphrase him, said, I wanted to see that so I would do whatever it took to never let it happen again. And that's all come as this is built through a crescendo to where we're at now, four quarters, maybe in overtime, away from winning that national title. And I just feel like it all... All facets, whether it's JJ, whether it's Harbaugh, whether it's Blake Corum, all these different things on the team that have happened, guys that play for each other, one for all, all for one. It's all built so beautifully this year. And that was, in a lot of ways, what 97 into 98 was, where those guys loved each other. Those guys always found a way to get it done. They didn't make very many mistakes in games. Obviously, Michigan did trail in the fourth quarter all season until Alabama uh, in the Rose Bowl. And I, I, didn't think, I think there's a lot of comparisons to how good the defense was in 97 to this year's team. Obviously, J.J. McCarthy, much better passer, in my opinion, than Brian Greasy. But they both did not make a lot of mistakes. And that's why I feel pretty confident tonight as the wind starts blowing here in Houston, uh, thank God the game's indoors, that the Wolverines have a great chance to get that natty tonight in Houston. Yeah, they'll have the roof closed there at uh, NRG Stadium. Uh, speaking of 97, there's uh, Richard. Been listening to you from the old days, uh, 97-1. So, well, Dennis, I, I'll say this. I, I get asked this all the time. You know, who my favorite person to work with was, and you know this, but I got to say it's everyone watching. I answer the question the same way, and I always will for the rest of my life. That is Pythian, because you and I had some of the greatest shows and most heartfelt and meaningful shows, whether on serious stuff or after a Michigan or Lions tough win or great, uh, you know, tough loss or great win. There's no one better that I've worked with in my career than you, and I'm really grateful for you, Dennis. Well, Dan, that goes both ways. It's great to have you on here for a couple minutes. You're obviously ready for the game here. We just got a couple more minutes with you so we will get some predictions on a, on a couple different things that I want to hear from you on uh, but first I want you to answer another question you know one thing about Dan is and working with him as he's talking about you know back in the day 
I would come to the the table with a lot of different uh, questions and say, hey, look at here are the questions. This is what I'm going to talk about. He, and Dan doesn't want any of the questions. He just wants them fired at him so he can just think of them. You know, a lot of people want to get ready to interview him. They say, hey, well, what are the four or five things? Give me, give me the questions you're going to ask me. Dan never wants the questions. He just wants me to fire him. So with that, there is a, a post right now on the Den on the Maze and Blue Review that is asking the biggest single best play of this season. This season for Michigan, best single best play this season. Now, if I take you back to the first half of the season, you know that Nebraska game, Roman Wilson had that catch where he, uh, I don't know, he pinned the ball to the helmet of the receiver, but I don't think he would oh, pick that. Yes. Oh, yeah. I think you'd go to the back half of this season and there there's plenty to, to pick from, you know, you start thinking about that Penn state game or the Ohio state game or last week against Alabama. So there, there's plenty of single best plays to, to pick from. I think for me, it's an, I'll answer it before you. And you know, if it's the same one, that's fine. Blake Corum on that second run in overtime, he spun once, he spun again, and kind of feels like over the last three years, I mean, yeah, you know, McCarthy, but it's been, you know, running the football. And afterwards, he had that, what I am told is called a mean mug at the camera after he scored. But, you know, obviously they didn't, that was the game winning touchdown. The defense needed to stand uh, tall and stop Milrow. And they did, as we know right now. But I went out going with the quorum run for the touchdown in overtime in the Rose Bowl. What is the biggest single best play this season to you? Are you surprised that that's exactly what I was going to go with? Because it just shows you and I being as in tune as we always have been. Oh, listen, it's, it's, a, it's a couple things. Michigan was up, you know, big in so many games. And, and obviously, you know, until you start playing the Penn States, the Ohio States, even Iowa, even though it was closer than it should have been. And Mike Sanistro, obviously, with huge interceptions. And, and Will Johnson and uh, Coastal Lovell with some great touchdown catches. And you mentioned the Roman Wilson one. But to me, that Blake Corbin run, and, and let me just back it up for a second. That entire J.J. McCarthy drive to tie the game, I think we'll go down as one of the greatest drives in Michigan history and getting a little luck as well off some bounces there. But Blake Corum's run, not just for what it meant in the score in overtime, but the way he ran the ball. You mentioned the spin move, the mean mug, and just the adulation in my heart with watching that game with my dad and and, and brother-in-law and Oren Leo was, you know, my nephew. I mean, I was running around the bar like I was a five-year-old kid, which I guess I act like a lot anyway. That, to me, was the play of the season, and I think that that obviously leads to where this team is at tonight, and maybe we'll see another play of the season in this national title game that helps the Wolverines get that national championship. But to me, Blake Corb is a heart and soul guy. It was awful, obviously, he missed the Ohio State game a couple years ago, possibly could have won the Heisman, but since he got back from that injury, he has been unfreaking believable and to have that touchdown and have it mean so much to basically take the lead on Alabama when Alabama wanted to take defense first in overtime. You're up by seven and it gives that incredible Michigan defense the chance to stop, you know, end the game and Alabama season and get that spot in the national title game. That to me was the play of the year for the Wolverines. There are no wrong answers uh, on that. I see the Den. They're talking about another Blake Corum run after Zinter hurt his leg. You know, the next play, Corum yes. went in and got the touchdown and then flashed his numbers. It was pretty cool. Well, I've only got about 30 seconds, and I've got two predictions that I want you to make. 
I'll go with, I'll ask you the first one. I saw you on a TV or radio show in Vegas. So I already know your answer, but I'm going to ask it anyways for the Michigan fans. Jim Harbaugh, do you think he stays with the maize and blue or is he going to the NFL afterwards? Should he stay or should he go? I think win or lose, Jim Harbaugh is the Wolverine coach next year. I really do. I thought that way for weeks. How about a prediction on tonight's game? Michigan, four and a half, five, five and a half point favorite against Washington. What's your official selection? The official DCM prediction, uh, Sasquatch selection, Wolverine 34, Washington 24. Big night for Colston Loveland. Obviously, we know what Corn can do. And I think that the Michigan defense, whether it's Stanisro or Johnson, someone is going to get a pick six type situation or a very, very big turnover when it comes to the defense as well. But I got it 34 24. The Wolverines partying well into the night here at H Town in Space City with that first outright national championship since 1948 defense. Ooh, anytime defensive uh, touchdown, maybe one. I like uh, it plus 600 ish. Hey, not bad. Dan, it's great to talk with you. I could talk with you for hours. We'll do it again. Enjoy the game tonight. Everybody will be watching you. We'll be we'll be living vicariously through you and your social media. So make sure that phone is charged up and enjoy the game tonight. I already have a plan. I got the charger in the pocket too, Dennis. It's an honor, a true honor, pleasure. Anytime I ever get a chance to be on with you and do anything with you and just uh, you're here in spirit, and I just want to thank you for having me because you're one of my all-time favorite broadcasters, but also one of my all-time favorite human beings. Great. That's uh, very nice of you to say, Dan. Uh, totally appreciate your thoughts there. And we are going to talk to Jim Scarcelli. We will get him on the line here momentarily. I do want to tell everyone that, you know, here we are getting ready for the game. The Maze and Blue Review already talked about it. You don't want to kill some time. Uh, yeah, I mean, you're waiting around for 7.45 tonight. Uh, join the Maze and Blue Review today. You get on there and you could talk about your favorite, best play, biggest play of the season. That's what's going on over there right now. Plus people counting down the seconds for tonight's game. Go to michigan.rivals.com. That's how you get it done. And uh, there he is on the screen. It is the former Wolverine, Jim Scarcelli. Now, Scar, do you have your, you, you got your ankles taped up? Are you, you know, you, you getting ready for a pregame nap or for, I don't know. What, what are you doing? I got my old Michigan game? sweater, man, right from, uh, right from Big Johnny's uh, closet. Danny, I didn't know you were going to have me come on with one of the greatest Michigan men, Michigan fans. Big Dan was in the house bringing the juice. How am I going to follow that, man? I don't know, but I'll do the best I can. Well, you look like you're, you know, you got your hair cut. You're ready to go. <laughs> yeah, we're ready to go, Danny. New year, new guy. Uh, starting it out with a, with a national champ. I feel real good, Danny. I've been looking at film, man. We're going to break down some film. But I looked at some other film. I looked at uh, when Washington played Oregon State. That was a good, a good game, I think. I gotta believe our, I watched that game. I gotta believe our coaches are looking at that, our offensive coaches, because that that was probably the one of the closest to a Michigan type offense. And they really ran the ball against that Washington defense. That was really good to see. And then the Arizona State defense did some things similar to our defense. And that was one of their Washington's lowest scoring games. So we got better players in Washington than Arizona State. With a similar exotic scheme, we got better players than Oregon State who ran the ball on them. So we're going to look at film. I got the Oregon game uh, whenever you're ready, but I feel I feel real good looking at looking at the film of some of these people. Well, 
without further ado, we're going to get to it. I just want to say something to the people out there that if you are watching this on YouTube and it, it goes dark, the last two times we've had some issues because of, uh, of YouTube and some licensing and all of that. Uh, what I can tell you that on Facebook, they have not taken the video down. And on Twitter, it is live. So if you're on Twitter X, the Maze and Blue Review, it is right there and it is live. If you know it does get shut down, you have that availability to go to Twitter and or Facebook and continue to watch it. So uh, I would like that it stays up there and everything, but that is just something that we uh, wanted to uh, let you know about. And uh, with that, I, I also want to give a quick thank you. And that is to Quick Cut for their video and analytics. And with that, we can get to this game and start talking about how Michigan's going to beat Washington. All right, Danny, you got the film up? And it's up and rolling. Okay, uh, Danny, first of all, I want to say this, that I'm really glad that this Pac-10 team has to travel, you know, to another state, another time zone. They always had us, you know, in their time zone at the Rose Bowl, a place they they played at before. So I like that. They're traveling 2,000 miles. We're traveling. So that's a good thing. Just want to throw that out because I think all that stuff matters. All right, I'm going to take a look at – we got some offense and defense, but we got to adjust adjust this guy does a lot of formations a lot of formations Oregon doesn't adjust here very well we got to tackle in space tackle in space and then you got to be smart uh Oregon does none of those three things here uh we'll take a look at this first play you know they got seven guys over here to this side of the center this guy lets the ball outside the defense we don't do this stuff we're going to adjust better so you see all the bodies they got over here, Denny? You know, these are seven guys this side of the center. Okay? So, and then you'll see this kid at the bottom down here. He lets the ball outside of this thing. They're going to run a, a ton of bubble. This guy going in. Why are you going inside here? You know, so that's not a good deal. Get Let's ball outside the defense. Picks up extra yards. Looks like you're anyway, going to have Gonna have to be so a good tackler tonight. We got to adjust, Denny, and we got to tackle in space. We got to tackle in space, and we got to adjust. And these little dink routes here. Odunze is gonna get some. I know that. Keep them yeah. under. Keep them under four. I tell you, Oregon had a hard time getting to them. Uh, they, but their their stunting is not as exotic as us. They just. But they're do, they did get some middle pressure here, and you got to read the routes. They're, 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 their safety does a good job reading this route, and they defend that one. But, um, you know, I can see Mason Graham. I can see Jenkins getting a nice bull rush here, like we're, they're getting here from the Oregon kid right here, putting them right back into the face of the quarterback. Look like he had a chance to catch that one. Oh, their receivers, Danny, they got some good receivers, man. They got good quarterback, good receivers. But we start with stopping the run, okay? This run game is not – their offensive linemen are not big, physical, going to just knock you off the ball 
like Alabama. They're gonna they're they're good pullers. They run a lot of our stuff, but we got to be gap sound. And you know, here's a power. And they got good these all these guys pull. All their linemen they do a ton of pulling with their linemen pulling. Guards will pull, tackles will pull, centers will pull. And here they run a version of power. And, you know, Oregon has it defended at the point of attack, but they got five guys outside, and they then they allow a big cutback. This is why you get to be gap sound. Oregon, Oregon's defense made a lot of mistakes. So adjust, be gap sound, and coverage sound. Be in there, you know, this is – the secret, Denny, is is we're not going to do – we're not asking our guys to do anything they haven't done all year. Okay, now, you know, I, I like – we bring a lot of edge corner stuff. We did a lot of it. We've done it all year. You know, the Oregon coach, he wanted to bring pressure from guys that were so deep in, uh, you know, safeties that by the time they get there, the ball's already thrown. And I – you know, that's too much. You follow me when I'm saying, Denny? Yeah, I do. You want to maybe uh, bring a linebacker. You got to get him up to the line. Don't be sending him from five yards yeah. back. Obviously, you don't want to show it too soon. But you know, I've always said just try to time it up better. At least be here. Uh, but that's not what Mentor believes in. For the most part, Mentor believes in bringing you know bringing guys here and then you know rotating this way if you're going to bring here. But whatever. But. Again, you got to tackle in space. You can't give them this bubble stuff. They'll run a ton of that with these quick athletic receivers. So we'll defend this. And now here's, uh, you know, this guy's, uh, he, they try to do a lot of things to give you problems, Danny. Now here they they just made this first down, and it, the film kind of cuts off. They just made the first down, and now here they are. They line up real quick. They line up real quick to the ball. With another unbalanced set, similar formation. Here's seven guys again, you know, to the left of the center. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. And, the, you know, so now what do they do real quick? They run to the, run to the line and they just pitch the ball. They get them out flanked and they're not lined up. They're not lined up properly. They don't have enough defense. So this, this has nothing to do with talent. They do a lot of things on offense, Denny, that we do in terms of, beating people that in ways that have nothing to do with talent. So now they just got angles, they got bodies, and then they just pull guys and you know it's it's simple. Okay. And and Danny, they got they got some their linemen can pull. You're, that's one thing I'll say about these guys. They're they're totally different than Alabama. Alabama's got 350 pound guys. They don't have them pulling like this. You know, th he's got smaller guys that are going to be able to pull and do those kind of things. So different type of uh, player, different type of scheme. You know, um, I don't see a great pass rushing defensive front from these guys. They're okay. Uh, I, I'd, I'd rather go against this defense than uh, Iowa's, I'll tell you that. I'd rather go against this defense than Penn State's, I'll tell you that. So we should be able to protect. Now look, they're not stiffs, okay? But I'd rather go against uh, these guys than Iowa's or Penn State's or Ohio State's. Yeah, Michigan's going to have to put up some points tonight. Yeah, know? I mean, listen, their their strength is their offense. 
I think we're strong in all three phases. I think their kicking game is good. I think their offense is real good. I think their defense is average. I don't think their defense is, is uh, on the level of, of their offense or our offense or our defense. So here's now, but they'll, they'll run some similar stuff to us. Here's this is a, our base defense. So Oregon comes out in two tight ends. We're probably going to get base. Here's three defensive linemen in the game. So something similar to what we do. So our coaches are seeing that. We bring two tight ends in, probably going to get the base package. All right. Denny, I don't want them throwing bombs over our head. They get 15, 20-yard passes. That's fine. Okay, we're gonna we're we're not gonna give them the one over our head, the quick six, and that's a key thing. So we'll give them this stuff. If this happens, Denny, in this game, our our secondary. If I'm coaching our defense, our secondaries, I'm telling our guys, you got to have a, a a short memory. If this happened, you just you get back in the huddle. They picked up 15, 20 yards because they're gonna they're gonna do this. Okay, it's gonna happen. Just don't give them, don't let them throw it over our head. And then we're going to beat them up in the red zone. We're going to beat them up in the red zone. Now, here we go again with this guy blitzing from way over here. Uh, it's too, you know, come on. It's too far. That is I mean, too far. But it's it's just takes too long to get there. And you leave a guy out there too long. So we're not going to do that. Minter has done it. A, I've seen it a couple times uh, in two years, but. You know, we'll visualize our pressure. And, and Denny, we got to bring – the key thing for me, if I'm coaching this defense, I want to bring pressure to his – to our right, his left. I do not want him rolling out this way. He's a left-handed quarterback. He throws a, a much better ball uh, if he gets outside running to his left. So, you know, he's an accurate, strong-armed kid. You put guys by themselves out there for too long, that will happen. Any questions, Denny? Yeah, he can really fire it. No, I'm with you. I'm picking up what you're laying down here. And these wide receivers, I think Adunze is better than Marvin Harrison. Not talking about how they're going to end up being in the pros, but uh, it wouldn't surprise me if Adunze has a better pro career. I mean, this guy, every time I've watched him this year, he has been the best player on the field. Yeah, he's – He's good, and they and, and they do a lot of things to, uh, <clears throat> you know, they got just enough of a run game. The quarterback will run just enough. Okay, now here's again, you got to be smart, man. Smart, Oregon. This ain't smart. Look at the formation. This is a running back here, <coughs> Denny. <coughs> this is a running back here. So you got to adjust. First and goal, they probably ran to the line real quick again. Oregon's not lined up. Probably. They don't have enough defense here. And they just knock them off the ball, and they got big guys here. It's too easy. So adjust, be smart. Don't let them don't let them beat you by outsmarting you. Make them beat you by having better players. And, and they're doing some stunts. Uh, I, I wasn't able to uh, get a lot of the of, of they'll bring they'll do some of the Penn State stuff. Danny brings six seven six guys at the line of scrimmage. Uh, here's one of the stunts I saw him do, you know, show five and and, and drop four and one off to the edge there. But um, I'll show you what they uh, – they like to show six guys up at the line of scrimmage, and you don't know which one's dropping, which one's coming. 
they better be ready for a sledgehammer with Blake Corum coming right at him. That's the well, that's the big thing, Danny. I I I don't know. You know, Oregon State is the, probably the you know someone that d- does some things we do, but they haven't seen the the kind of things we're going to do as as much. You know, with a full back, with t- as many tight ends, and as good at it. Uh, but Oregon State had success with that kind of football. That's a hell of a Here's empty. We'll uh, hopefully we get them in a lot of empty. That means if we get them in empty, that means we're we were stuffing their run game, and they feel they have to do these things. But they'll, they, you still got to defend quarter, uh, the quarterback. Uh, here's third and five. Now they're not running the quarterback here, but they, you know, they do a lot of it. They will run the quarterback enough. And, and for this game, you know, we're not saving JJ for this. They're not going to save Penix either. There is no game next week, so you're going to see a lot of quarterback running, and I think from both kids in this game. So we got to be great against the bubble, you know. Line up, adjust, uh, and here's here's what Oregon d- did. You know, again, we'll we'll have to run. This is their quarterback. You know, they're down twenty to three at one time. Oregon in this game, make it a game. But you know, we run that exact play with JJ. We run the exact same play off the RPO. Keep it. Get our tight end out here blocking. So that play is in the playbook. So, and here's just, uh, you know, now we get into the second half. And I think Oregon said, all right, listen, let's run the football against this defense. And this is just zone, man. And we run this. This is the stuff we run. Just uh, inside zone. Everybody's blocking. They're ripping them easy. No, no, No tricks. You know, this is one of our best plays. And that's that's nice to see that. Oregon State had a ton of success running zone against this team. So that's what gives me a lot of confidence. And there's our tight end over the middle. Uh Danny, I like I like this look. Here's where Donovan Edwards comes into the into the mix. I, I guarantee our coaches are seeing this. They were come out in one back. Oregon came out one back. We got we got Donovan in the backfield. This is how they matched up. They got a big slow linebacker on them. And what does Oregon do? They throw the wheel route to them. I guarantee you, you're going to see that tonight with Donovan Edwards. I guarantee it. And hopefully we get that same big slow linebacker on them. Number, uh, what the hell is he? 49, 48, whatever the hell he is. We're going to run right by him. That plays in. I guarantee you it's in. I'm ready. This is our stuff. Defensively, some of our stuff. Look what what we're showing. We're bringing a bunch of bodies up. We do some of this third and ten. You know, who's coming, who's dropping, who's rushing. How do they block it? And they're they're bringing a guy from the edge. This is some of our – this is exactly some of the things we do. We like to come from the edge. I think that's where you have more success. And they, they get him throwing a pick. Except we're not oh. going to fall. We're not going to fall on the ground. So that's uh, he'll throw a bad pass. He's human. All right. I don't want this guy rolling to his left, Denny. Now Oregon catches him from the backside, but you got fourth and two. Fourth and two. I don't want Penix running to his left. No, I do not. 
if I'm if I'm this edge guy or anybody for Michigan responsible for containing this side of the football tonight, you better do your darn job. Contain to his left, our right. I mean, we get them pull, they get them, they get them from the backside here. But I'd like to see what I would like to see is, you know, this guy getting up in here, knowing it, understanding it, get outside. So that's what we got to do. But they catch her from the backside, fourth and two, they get a stop. So Oregon comes back in this game. Uh, here's uh, this is Jay. I'm saying, what does he do? Not this is not Penn State's defense. You know, in terms of in terms of the athleticism, Danny, they they got these guys rated pretty high. One of them, but I'm just I I, I would much rather go against this front than Penn State. And uh, you know, here's here's this kid getting outside. I see JJ doing the same kind of things because their quarter. You know, Oregon's got a. A pretty athletic guy, just like our guy. Yeah, Bo Nix can really run it. Yeah, so, you know, let's uh, – I don't think they're going to be able to stop Blake Corum. I hope you're right, Danny. We're going to just – you know, hey, we might – I, I, if I'm Michigan, you know, they've looked at – Oregon, uh, Washington had to look at 14 games, okay? Maybe you might see seven offensive linemen a little bit tonight. Why not? Throw it at them. Let's see how they adjust. You know, so here's some of Oregon's doing some of our stuff. And let's see how Washington adjusts. We do this stuff. We'll bring all three tight ends back over. And what Oregon does is they over adjust. They don't have enough defense here. So what does Oregon do? You know, they come back with the counter and they rip them on the away from they they sometimes people overshift, Danny. You know what I mean? They over adjusted. Yeah, so Coram will score on that one too. I just like you know Blake looked like the the Blake from last year, last week. That's why I feel good about number two, gashing this defense. Yeah, you know the two big runs at the end to win that game. I mean those were well blocked. Those the first one wasn't perfectly blocked, and 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 you know Blake got a second and two, I think, and then the next one was a touchdown that was very well blocked. But here, you know, scrap the three man rush. Here's Oregon doing it. It's not in our. Mint, gladly mentored. I don't agree with it. Mentor doesn't. So, you know, three man rush. That's what happens. So I don't think it's going to be in. So good deal. Uh, here's the dumb ducks again, not lining up third and three. Again, dumb I ducks. said adjust, right, Danny? Adjust properly. Don't let him run to his left. What do we got here? You know, this is a big play. This is this game's uh, they're down now. Okay, they're losing the football game here now. So we're gonna see all this. They're not gonna care if they're losing, they're gonna run this kid. You see all the bodies here, Danny? Three receivers, three, three guys at the line of scrimmage. Back is set this way. Seven guys. The ducks look at look how they they're not lined up. They got too much defense over here. So they're just getting ripped, third and three to win the football game. You got to line up properly against this team. This guy will do things to give you problems in alignments. Let's get to the. 
again, here's some here's some shifting that Washington does. You know, our, our defense will be prepared for it. But again, you can't overshift. So now they they again, this is very similar stuff to we do. Does Oregon line up properly? Maybe they did, and now there's a little seam in there. So our coaches have to, you know, you got to be smart with your adjustments when they shift unbalanced one way, unbalanced the other way. But um, one more play here. Yeah, real good receivers, a real good receiver crew. But, Danny, the difference between this, this Washington offense and those great Ohio State teams with those great offenses this offensive line and that run game of Washington is not like defending Ohio State's run game that we faced the last three years. It's just not. So, you know, it's they're, it's different. You know, it's they're going to pull more. But, Danny, we're going to win the game right here, man. we got to be great in the red zone. Oregon didn't win it in the red zone. We're going to be good in the red zone. They're going to throw the ball. Our DBs are going to have short memories between the 20s. But down in here, this is our wheelhouse right here, okay? Again, Oregon doesn't get it done, but this is where we're going to – we're gonna. It, it, they're, they're facing a different team. They're facing a different team. And that's all I got. And, uh, yeah, just what, what else do I have? Tackle in space. Very some of the Ohio State offenses, except they don't have the big physical offensive line that are going to – they're going to pull and trap with quicker guys, which is a little easier to defend with, you know, without the, 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 the great running backs. Um, I talked about Arizona State, you know, disguising. They're not, they haven't seen the kind of disguising, conflicting, chaotic defensive looks that we're going to give them. We got to, we got to keep that kid confused because uh, they're going to do everything they can to confuse us. Um. It's, uh, you know, I, I, have a, I, I feel good about the Michigan defense. I think that the the secondary, they have been tested this year. You know, you think about Maryland and Ohio State and what we saw from the Michigan uh, DBs, Will Johnson, Mike Sainer still, you know, a guy playing of some of his uh, best ball the last two games is Josh Wallace. Uh, who's out there at cornerback too? Michigan safeties, Rod Moore, Makari Page has played his – both safeties have played their best football late in the year. You got a wild card in Cujo who just seems to come up and make big plays, and uh, they'll harass Penix up front. Michigan's got guys inside and those guys at the edge where you know sometimes they can just rush those four and they can get to Penix. That's why if I'm a Michigan fan, you said it last week, defense wins championships and i know a lot of people are like they they get they gotta stop doing things fancy and gimmicks and all this stuff that has been what michigan has done all year long i'm gonna guarantee a couple things you guaranteed something a little bit earlier about donovan edwards running that wheel route that they'll have that in i guarantee if michigan gets up by double figures michigan's just gonna bring the sledgehammer and they're gonna run quorum and they're gonna run him all game long and they're gonna run him to a championship and that's I think uh, what I expect to happen, Michigan's defense tee off on Penix, Michigan get up by double figures, and they're just going to hammer them with Blake Corum, and Blake Corum's going to be your MVP tonight as Michigan wins the national championship. Yeah, I, I think uh, uh, my prediction is uh, we're going to get 38 
they're going to get 27. There's going to be some scoring. And um, yeah, Danny, listen, if you're if you defend Michigan, what's the you know, you got to stop that run game that you're going to look at everything they do. You got to adjust to Michigan's formations, seven offensive linemen, maybe tonight. And you're going to load up to stop the run. But we got to be able to throw it early, too. We got to make sure they know they got to defend, you know, the pass game, too. And we will. Our coaches, you know, they, they know. But but deep down, Washington defensively is saying, I, you can't, we just can't let him hand the ball off to Coram. But I, I, I do think we're going to have good success running the football because this, this defense, it just it doesn't look like Iowa's. It doesn't look like Alabama's. And, um, but Danny, it's all gets back to the same stuff with Scar. We secure the darn football. Okay. Offensively, let's secure the football. Uh, let's, let's, let's continue to be creative. Uh, catch the ball, make plays, block, execute the right guy, and then defensively, you know, stop the run, stop the run. Don't let them get any kind of confidence running the ball, okay? No bombs over our head. Uh, keep the ball inside the defense, tackle in space. Don't let him roll out to his left, you know, those things. Win the kicking game. Let's get back to winning the kicking game like we've been. We screwed around last week. Let somebody beat us. But I feel real confident, man. I do, too. My score is pretty similar to yours. You have uh, 38. I have 35-27. So we're almost in, in lockstep there. Uh, Michigan special teams has been good all year long. I expect them to play more like they did the first 13 games, not last week. And uh, I, I do think – I don't care if they win the game 2-0 or if they win it 52-50. You know, just win the ball game. Win, win a national championship. I mean, that's – you know, I, that's what it is. I mean, let's just go. I, I'm, I'm, uh, I don't care. You know, do it any way that you can. I do think the the big key, a lot of keys from tackling and turnovers and all that kicking game. But I think if you keep uh, Penn State or Penn State, uh, you keep Washington to under four plays of twenty or more, Michigan's going to win the game. That's a guarantee. You don't want to get it. Uh, you know, four or more. Then you're starting to talk about uh, the balls flying over your head or missed tackles and these guys, you know, going the distance. But, you know, Michigan's, you know, they're equipped to be able to handle this. I like Michigan's car because, you know, they're, they're big, they're fast. They can play in a, a phone booth and they can play in a track meet. They can play any way you want. They need to score. They got a quarterback that can run. They got a quarterback that can throw. They've got speed on the outside. They've got the tight ends that they can work with and they can hammer you between the tackles. Like, what's not to like? You know, Denny, that's I know as a as a former high school coach, th this is like playoffs. You know, you get your last five, and, it, and it's it's like okay, look look at look at what we faced the last five weeks or so. You know, you had you had Penn State and what they ran, and then you had Maryland with Leah. Okay, and then we get Ohio State what they do on defense, and then but look look what they have on offense with the great receiver and their what they give you from. I'm just talking about from our defensive standpoint, those three different teams. Okay. Then you get Iowa, not much, but it's a different deal. And now you got Alabama, you know, with the running quarterback and the huge lineman. And, and then now you got this look. So my point is as a defensive coach, you got to adjust to all different kind of stuff. And that's what I, I love about our structure defensively. We can stop the, the, the big knock you off the ball, you want to play that kind of football? We can do that. You want to play, 
in space, we can do that. You want to play in a phone booth, we can do that. And, and that's the sign of a great defense. You can't just be, you know, I can just defend spread. I can just, no, you got to be able to defend everything because you don't know what's coming when you get to the playoffs. Playoffs. I'm going to go with uh, the two players, one on offense, one on defense, that I think are going to be key and, and players of the game. And it's nothing fancy in this championship game. I think Mike Sainra still, who has been Michigan's uh, big-time player all year long, actually his entire career since he's moved over on the defensive side, he comes up with big plays and big games. Why wouldn't Agent Zero come up with a big play in this game tonight? Uh, I'll go with Mike Sainra still on the defensive side. And I'll go with Blake Corum. Blake Corum looked his best last week against Alabama. He looked like vintage Blake Corum from last year. I think Blake Corum is going to run it up on the Huskies as the Wolverines win the championship. You got a final thought there, Scott? Let me me say this about, you know, people. I I keep reading some of the stuff about, oh, it's our secondary against their great. No, no, man. It's the whole, our whole defense. You know, like if they throw a pass and he's got a little bit of time, you're going to yell at the DB or you're going to yell at the, the coordinator, you, you know, so it's, we we got to have everything coordinated. We got to have pressure from backers. Sanderstrom might make the biggest play coming off the edge, stripping that quarterback because we do so many things with with our our secondary guys. So my MVP, uh, Stewart had a hell of a game last week. I'm a former edge guy. We got to contain this kid. We're going to get pressure from the edge. Someone's going to have a big strip offensively. I'm going with Big Trent A. Jones because we're gonna. You want to run the football, Danny? You want to talk about the guy that hand the ball? I'm talking about the guy who's gonna block people. We're gonna block people. We're gonna move people. We're gonna move their front, and we're gonna be singing and smiling around 11:30 tonight, Danny. Scar, you mentioned tonight we will be on after the game on the Michigan football post game live here on the Mason Blue Review. I think we'll watch a little bit of that uh, post-game celebration, and then we'll fire it up. So it might not be immediately. Might want to watch a little bit of that podium stuff and the confetti coming down in Houston at NRG Stadium as the 70-plus thousand, you know, sing the victors there. But we will be with you here tonight, late into the night, on the Mason Blue Review. So, Scar, great job. Look forward to talking with you tonight after the game. All right, Danny, go blue. There he is. It's uh, National Title Day. Talk with you after the game.